Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Don't Stop Us Now. I'm Greta Thomas. And I'm Claire Hatton. We're all about producing content where you can be inspired by and learn from amazing female entrepreneurs and leaders to help you achieve and even exceed your career goals. Before we begin this week's episode, though, it would mean a huge amount if you could rate and review our show if you haven't already. Consider it as your kind deed for the day. And we'd love to hear from you. So why not follow us or message us on LinkedIn? Mention the podcast and we'll be all ears. And now enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to the show. Indeed, welcome everyone. And this is another how-to episode, our first for 2022, all about, you know, how do you go about making the best career decision? Yeah, and it's very topical, isn't it? Because so many people seem to be looking at transitioning in their careers, whether they're thinking about staying or whether they're thinking about actually leaving their company and going somewhere else. It's uh, topical. It certainly is. So we are going to talk about how to actually make that kind of decision because, you know, they're often very difficult decisions, but there are certain ways that you can make a more informed and well-rounded decision than others. Absolutely. And, you know, look, the first place that I think you should start, and I'm speaking from real personal experience here, is to actually categorize the decision you have to make. You know, is this a really big decision? Is it going to have ramifications going forward, like changing a job and changing companies and all those kinds of things? Or is it a smaller decision or a really small decision, you know, and if you've got perfectionist tendencies or you're a worrier, there can be scenarios where you spend too much time on a decision that doesn't warrant it. And so I think that's the first thing, you know, step back and say to yourself, how big a decision is this really in the overall scheme of things? If I was looking back on today, 10 years down the track, is this a pretty big decision? Yeah, absolutely. And of course, if it is a big decision, then you want to take some time to really think about it. Yeah, and that's what we want to really explore today, really, Absolutely. that category. So depending on the size of that decision, you should really think up front about what's the right process to make the decision. Is it a half an hour decision or is it a multi-week or multi-month decision? Yeah. Or if it's like me, when I left Google, I actually started that decision-making process probably two years before I actually left. Mm. So it can be over a, a longer period of time. The other thing is, you know, what type of reflection topics make sense in this context? Yeah, you know, like what are your values or what kind of company do you really enjoy working with? Is it a small one or a big one? You know, these sorts of things. Yeah, things examples. like, you know, what stage are you in your career and what's important for you? Let's say you think about your next but one job. Mm. Yeah, what's nice. important for you to get to that next but one job? Yeah, yeah. Then, you know, what kind of people 
do you need to consult if you do consult? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, there is a whole debate about whether there are some decisions that you should just take on your own. Or should you always be consulting with others? For sure. And, you know, some of the uh, outcomes there, I think, do depend on the scale of the decision, how big a decision you're making. And uh, what we do know is we're kind of flawed humans when we when it comes to decision making. So getting somebody else's opinion is probably at least a few others. It's probably a good reality check if it's a really big decision. Yeah, I think so. I, I think there's probably two reasons why you would definitely go and seek other people's counsel. The first is if the decision is complicated, multiple facets to it, you're not really super clear. It's not a yes or a no, like most decisions, I guess, Mm. in your career. The other thing is if there are other stakeholders involved. Who could be affected. Yeah, Yeah. like your partner Partner. or your co-founder. Yeah. And then what will your decision criteria be? I think that's a really good one. What do you rate as more important than other things? And Totally. And that, again, that comes back to that reflection time that we've talked about, yes. which we will go into in a lot more detail in a minute. Yes, we will. But, you know, I'll give you an example. Yeah. Somebody that I've been working with who I executive coach them yeah. has just recently made a decision around a new role in a new company. The way they looked at it was they got really clear on their decision-making criteria and there were three key things. The first was, would this new role develop their commercial skill set? Because, you know, their next but one job, they felt that that was really important. Mm -hmm. The second thing was, did they really connect with the mission and culture of the organization? Yeah really purpose-led person. This really was very, very important to him. And then the third thing was that they wanted to be in a growth stage company where they could actually build a team. This was an experience that they really, really wanted. So that became a criteria about how they decided which role to go for. It makes you know life so much easier when you can get clear on your kind of priorities like that. It really does make the journey a whole lot less stressful, I think. Of course, though, you don't come up with those overnight, do you? It really takes some good thinking to really be clear on that. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about the inner work. You know, and I think, especially if I if I look back to my own self as well, particularly when you're younger, I think it's really common to want to outsource these big decisions and just ask someone you respect. And I think the real mistake in doing that is – you end up potentially living someone else's life, living someone else's career because you haven't really stopped to look inside and think about, you know, what's going to light your fire, what things are genuinely important to you. And so really making sure you take the time and different things that you can do, does it fit with your values? And if you're not clear on your values, then spend some time doing that. Then think about, well, commitments, including financial commitments. Yeah, I guess that depend really depends on the stage of your life, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Generally speaking, I guess, mm-hmm. yeah. Also, and this kind of relates to how you make the decision, is be aware, are you an overconfident or overly optimistic person or are you a glass half empty, sort of negative, more pessimistic person so that you can – be aware as you go through your decision-making process, oh, well, I know that I'm likely to skew to it. It's all going to be great. Don't worry too much. It'll work out if, you know, you've got a tendency to be over. That sort of reminds me of you and me. 
Yeah, because yeah. you know, I I can be over optimistic sometimes. Yeah, particularly on how long it will take to do something. Yes, absolutely. And and you're the realist. Yes, <laughs> and it feels like I'm walking <laughs> or into the pessimist. The, the I think work. you're the pessimist. No, it feels like I'm walking into the work discussion with like concrete boots on in those scenarios because you just moan about me being sort of like not ambitious enough when we do those, and then it's like. <laughs> <laughs> then we both get ridiculously frustrated uh, because we couldn't achieve what we set out to. But, uh, yes, that's True. right. That's but- where <laughs> different perspectives help. You know, and I think it really does come down to, you know, finding this balance, doesn't it, when you've got a big decision between looking inward and trusting your gut as well as seeking others and talking about gut you know Mm. intuition is a really important thing yeah well it is isn't it you know some people say intuition is overrated and Mm. other people say it's underrated yeah i'm actually on the underrated so i think it's underrated yeah i I I think it's important because i think we all have a tendency to not do that inner reflection work it's easier it's less painful to ask others part of that inner reflection work or another aspect is making sure you're not comparing yourself to others have you had any decisions Claire where you've sort of felt like either you weren't listening to your intuition or comparison came into the, the sort yeah of fray? yeah I mean if I'm really honest do you remember I took that consulting job that I absolutely hated straight out of your MBA straight out of my MBA exactly and if I'm honest I think what really happened was that I compared myself to the other people in my MBA. And I took that job because it was a lot more money. I mean, it's not the only reason I took it, but really that was a driving force. And they paid a sign-on bonus that paid off my MBA loan. Yeah, well, that's significant. My base was much higher than it had been when I was in the airline industry. And there was an amazing bonus. Mm. I took that decision for the wrong reasons. Right. But do you regret that decision sort of now if you look at like the arc and trajectory of your career? Yes and no. I mean, it was a year of my life where I spent 100 hours a week working. So yes, I wish I hadn't done that. Did I learn stuff from it? Yeah, absolutely. But in the whole scheme of things, I probably didn't need to do that. It's it's interesting to ask yourself, you know, like how would your – career have been different if you hadn't done that i mean it could have been radically different though presumably yeah maybe yeah maybe who knows so you know sometimes i guess with your intuition you can go and talk to other people and they can basically make your intuition a little fuzzy but for me i think you have your intuition you recognize what that is and then you go out and you speak to other people to give you different perspectives about the decision that you're making. So you always come, you come back to that intuition and you just look at it from different angles. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. What that does, you know, you're getting a different lot of perspectives, but it helps address some of the, the biases, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. And that we, we all have when we make decisions. Totally. We'll talk about those biases in a minute, mm. but. One thing I wanted to say was, have you heard about, you know, Adam Grant? Yeah. He's got this great new book out called Think Again. Mm. And he talks about the importance of not just having an advisory board, which we think is really important, a group of people that you can go and talk to. Like your virtual advisory advisory board. Yeah, they don't have to know. But he talks about your challenge network. And what he says is that you should have people that you can go to 
who you trust to be able to show you your blind spots and also to be able to tell you some information that maybe you don't want to hear. He also says that you should choose those people if the, you know they are what he calls disagreeable, which means that you know they're quite skeptical and they don't have an issue with conflict. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting thought. Yeah. I remember we were both listening to him. He did the live webinar. Yeah, exactly. I think it is rich fodder for having your thinking stretched and, you know, just making sure that you're not living in your own bubble and making decisions in a bubble that don't take into account other factors that should be taken into account. Yeah. I I actually, I think it's really important to have those voices around your virtual board can be hard though especially if you naturally find someone a bit scratchy or disagreeable as adam grant calls it that uh, it doesn't lend itself for you to kind of put them at the top of your consult list does no it, it doesn't it doesn't it's, i mean I've, I've got a friend who will tell me well basically thinks from a really different perspective to the one i think from and has absolutely no qualms telling me if i'm wrong yeah though though it's not someone you find disagreeable Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, well, particularly when they disagree with you, I guess. Exactly, and then they're disagreeable. <laughs> maybe it's all about the definition of disagreeable. Maybe they yeah. can be a really good friend, but they're blunt and frank and that's it. That's call it. it like it is. Yeah, totally, because <laughs> it's really important to recognise that we all have biases. Yes. And those biases can be – I mean, there's so many different biases. Yeah, in how we make decisions. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's that book by Daniel Kahneman. One of my, it's actually one of my favourite books, yeah, which Nobel is – Nobel Prize winner, yeah. Exactly. His behavioural economics. Yeah, and for economics, and, yeah. he won the, the piece, yeah. the Nobel Prize, yeah. Yeah, and his book's Thinking Fast, Thinking Slow, and he talks about all of these sort of flaws, I guess, <laughs> you could say, that us humans have. You yeah. know, we're amazing at making decisions, but yeah. we also have many different yeah. biases that yeah. we need to be aware of. That's right. And we could we don't have to share them all, do we? But you know, there's like there's the bias of we're more likely to sort of think about the short-term gain rather than a long-term gain. And we're also more likely to be more influenced by what's happened recently versus five years ago as one. Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, we're also likely to have confirmation bias, which is where, you know, like let's say we've got a hypothesis. We are likely to ignore evidence that would disprove that hypothesis. Yeah. And a scenario that's relevant here would be, you know, you had a great interview, you really like the person, you really like the company, but there is some other information that says, you know, their culture score is not great or something like that. Yeah, but exactly. you don't take that into account just because your own recent personal experience was good yeah totally and yeah and then the uh, you know the the other uh, bias i think is really interesting is on the stability biases side of things there's two of them that i think are really quite prevalent particularly in people that have been in jobs for a long time yeah that sort of sense of being almost fearful of what's out on the out on the outside, and you're more likely to have that stability bias, aren't you? There, yeah, absolutely. So you've got loss aversion. Yeah. So you're more likely to worry about what you're going to lose rather than think about what you're going to gain. And then the other one, which actually I think is really important, is this sunk cost fallacy, mm. which is overemphasizing the amount of effort that you've already put into something. Yeah. 
Another example that would explain the sort of sunk costs really well is imagine you were working in a startup and you'd been working all hours known to man and actually in the last six or 12 months, the startup's revenue growth and customer acquisition has plateaued, but you're hanging on because of your equity, your options or whatever you might have in the share plan when all the other signs say, actually, this company's not going to make it. And yet you can't let go of the blood, sweat and tears that you've already invested. You think maybe just around the corner, something good will happen. I think that's another Oh, yes. Scenario. So true. In fact, I'm coaching somebody who's just had that realization. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's yeah. classic. Yeah. Really, <laughs> I did not know that. Really yeah. interesting. You know, I think it's useful in here to kind of go, well, what else? We've looked at the importance of spending time thinking for yourself, but also getting other alternatives, sometimes challenging perspectives, and taking into account we all have biases when we make decisions, not to mention, of course, first and foremost, kind of categorizing the type of decision. Is it small or a big, significant decision? And thinking about upfront, you know, what is the right process for this and how long should this decision take me? But, you know, there's some other things too, you know, like if you've got multiple options, well, hey, well done, but how do you then narrow that down because you can't actually make a good decision when there's multiple options. You, the best decision is decision A or decision B. And yeah, so, it makes it much simpler. Yeah. Yeah. And you like this one, don't you? False ranking. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I mean, you, you've got the getting clear on your decision criteria and rating them. Yeah. You can do that. Yeah. Or you can use false ranking, which is where you – so let's say you've got five options. Yeah. Right. So you write them all down, option one, two, three, four, five. Okay, then you get option one and you say, okay, is option one a better option than option two? If it, yes, you give option one a tick. Okay, is option one a better option than option three? If yes, a tick, right? So you keep going down. Maybe option one isn't a better option than option four, for example. Yeah. It doesn't get a tick. Right, then Do you tick option four then? Uh, yes, you tick option four. So then you go to option two. Mm-hmm. Okay, so is option two a better option than option one? Well, you've already decided that, no. Is it a better option than option three? Yes, it is. Tick it. Right. So you go through and you do a binary comparison with every single option. Exactly, exactly. And then you look at the number of ticks that each option has got. And you choose the highest two, as in the two that have got the highest number of ticks. Yeah. Right. Then that gives you two options. Yeah. Which then makes it a lot easier to make a decision. So then you've got two options and you use what's called an affirmative question, which is a yes or a no, or a either or, or a do something or don't do something. And then that helps you get to a decision. Yeah. No, I can see that. Absolutely. You know, there's some other things. So that's, what's it called? False ranking. That's it. Other things you can do is like, I'm a big believer in hypothetical scenarios, you know, playing out in your mind. Okay. So if I took this role, but it all went pear-shaped, how would that play out? Or if I didn't take the role, how would I feel? Not just tomorrow and now, but maybe in a year's time. And how could these decisions have an impact on the sort of the career journey. So I think thinking about scenarios is really Yeah, I really really like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got role reversal. For example, if one reason why you're looking at leaving your role is because you're really frustrated and feel like you've been overlooked for promotion, 
And so you think, okay, it's time to bail. I'm out of here. Perhaps it would be helpful to put yourself in your boss's shoes. If you think about it and do that, maybe there's a scenario that you hadn't really given significant weight to. Like maybe actually there was a freeze during the pandemic on all promotions or maybe financially this company is that you're working at is just having a really bad year or two thanks to the pandemic or something else. And if you were your boss, maybe you wouldn't be promoting or maybe there's something else as well. So I think that can be quite useful. That's a really good one, particularly if you've thought about your decision criteria about leaving or going. If your decision criteria are ticked on, say, you love the mission of this company, you're getting a lot of growth and challenge from it. But the thing that's really bothering you is the fact you're not getting promoted. Yeah. Then definitely that role reversal thing, I think is really important. Yeah. And maybe talking to others who can sort of give you that independent objective perspective as well. Yeah, no, totally. I think the other thing that I have done and has been sort of effective for me is if I'm thinking about a new role and making a significant change, then asking yourself, well, who do you know who's been there and done that? And if you don't know them, how could you track someone down asking friends, do they know someone? And it might be, do they know someone who works at the organization you're considering? Or do they or do you know someone who's made a similar transition and career step compared to the one that you're considering right now? So I think that's also quite useful. Yeah, no, totally, totally. Well, I think there's quite a lot to think about. Yes. Um, Dear listener, I hope you're not overwhelmed by these choices. I think it's important to say... (laughs) Irony, deciding how to make this decision. Overwhelmed by the choices to make the decision. I think the important thing is to think about the size of decision, which is where we started. Categorize the decision. If it's a really big decision, then yeah, you probably do need to go through all these steps. But don't get into paralysis. Analysis paralysis is is not a good place to be. So in summary, there are many steps to making a career decision. But here are the steps that we've covered. Work out how big the decision is and categorize it. Decide on what a good decision-making process would look like for this decision. Make sure you spend enough time really thinking about you, not others, and how you feel about this. That's so important. And I think that's probably the most important one is really do the inner work. And then, of course, once you've done that, seek other people's input if it's a big decision to make sure that you broaden your thinking, challenge any potential biases you have, make sure you've not overlooked another perspective on the topic and the decision at hand, and see if you can get some you know, real-world info on someone who's been there and done that. Absolutely. Well, hopefully they're great tips for you if you're thinking about a big career decision or even a little career decision. Yeah. So, Gret. That's this episode done and dusted. Indeed it is. We shall see you next week for another mini episode as usual. And in the meantime, have a great week. Take care and ciao for now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 